Welcome to the Goodman Podcast, where we unravel the mysteries of emerging technologies. Um, I'm Megan Darcy, the host, and I've got Raj Goodman Anand joining me um, as the uh, the all-seeing AI expert. Um, I'm, I'm chatting you up, Raj, uh, so you, you definitely know more than than most people I know. Um, so today's episode focuses on a crucial aspect of machine learning, transforming black box models into transparent, understandable systems. So Raj, maybe you can just kick us off um, by explaining the concept of, well, uh, maybe the listeners don't even know what a black box is, but so maybe that's a good place to start, but black box to white box conversion in machine learning and why it's gaining such importance. Yeah, great question there, Megan. Thank you for thank you for posing it. So, I must say I'm a total AI enthusiast. I've always have been for many many years. What got me into AI was bizarrely enough video games. Uh, I never thought I'd be an AI person, but um, as a small child, I was really into playing video games. I said to my my parents, I'm I'm gonna build video games for for my for living, and they said, we'll figure it out. <laughs> and so one uh, thing led to the other, and I I got into um, into doing my, my master's in, in, in AI, actually with a PhD, uh, but I couldn't finish it because I didn't have the money to pay for it. So I just mm. did like a couple of years and they said, you know what, you can have a master's instead. So off you go. <laughs> um, but, but either ways, uh, what, what's interesting is that, that, that over the years I figured out that AI is actually building a human brain in a computer. That's what really mm. AI is. It's, it's about adding intelligence to a, a mechanical or electronic thing, which is uh, the, the servers, the GPUs, the computer itself. Many a times, if, we, if you're looking into technology engineering, there's a thing called a black box. And a, a typical black box is all about this. It's about a box, an input, and an output. Why is it called a black box? Because we don't know what's going to happen in the box itself. We don't know what's, what's mm -hmm. happening in the box. All we know is we enter this and we get that out. It's a bit like a, a machine or in a factory. You enter the raw materials and out comes the cake or out comes the biscuits or out comes the, 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 the plastic molded bit, whichever you want you're going to get out from it, for example, or out comes the car, whatever you want to call it. So it's about input and output. And it's built in that way to kind of make life easier for, for most of us. We don't want to know what's happening in the box. All we care about is what we put in and what we get out, right? That's a black box concept. A white box, on the contrary, is a, is a space where we know what's happening in the inside of the box. So we are able to trace the, the understanding of why did I get this output when I put this input? It's really interesting to have this, especially when you, you care about the workings of how the machine worked or how did the process work. And it's not always requirement, but sometimes it is important. So how does it apply to AI? In most AI use cases, the user doesn't care about how did you get the answer. All they care about is they put a prompt in or they put an input in and they got their image out or their content out. They don't care about how it actually happened. But there is a push towards understanding what are the in, inner mechanics or the steps it took to give you the answer. 
Why is that? Well, we all know that AI hallucinates, i.e. You, you give it an input, you expect an output, but kind of takes tangent and goes in its own direction. That can cause, it can make AI unreliable. But if you can understand the steps it takes to achieve the output, you can create it better and can get the right output every time. And that's why there is a push from the neural networks which are used to program the AI or the deep learning happening in the AI for it to be a total mystery to in a black box to what we call a white box where we understand how the tools work. So we can understand what's happening and give better instructions. instructions. Now, this is a whole area of AI called XAI, explainable AI. And in the coming years, we'll see a massive push in this direction because people want to know how did AI decide this over another? They chose A over B or one over five. All these need to be answered. And so XAI is going to be a very popular space and is currently being a space people are putting a lot of money in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if uh, maybe I'm going off on a little tangent here, but it's it's very much like um, if, if you can draw a parallel between climate change, you know, uh, and, and this kind of black box explainability issue. Um, you know, we all uh, switch the light on or we all perform a Google search, for example, without really understanding the energy requirement of um, of the the enter button uh, and the impact that it has on on climate change, for example. So um, I think that you know um, it, it it makes me happy in a way that we're we're trying to understand how these things work um, because by not understanding, we're very disconnected from from that thing. If if you know what I'm trying to say, so. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that it, it is going to be a, a big thing moving forward to to help us understand um, the inner workings of of AI. I, I agree. I think also, again, you know, being a student of, of mathematics and engineering at, at at school and at university, there were two kinds of school of thought in at university and school. One was. I don't care how do you get the answer. If the answer is correct, you get full marks. Mm-hmm. Another one was, I don't care about the answer. I care about how do you, the process you adopted or adapted to kind of reach the answer. And again, you have professors in, in both of these different school of thoughts. Mm. But for me, I'm very curious to learn about what is the cause of the, the, the answer so even if it gets, if it hallucinates and is the answer incorrect at the last stage and got 95% of it right, I can still learn from it. So I think the steps mm. are really important. And to your analogy and, and the idea of climate change, you know, there is a value in understanding where does the energy, energy come from? Is it clean energy? Mm. Is it using solar and wind, for example, or is it fossil fuel energy? And so that also makes an impact on how we consume it. You're right about, for example, the consumption of a Google search or you know, to get a response from AI, it's all costs money and, and energy. And it's good to know that what's happening. But in this case, with the AI, it's about how just the, the whole tree formation on how it decides to give you the answer, it says it's good. So it's, if we take a path, you, you give it 
Should I go left or should I go right? It says mm. right. It'll explain why right is, a, is, a, is the correct answer and not the left one, mm. for example. Yeah. So you can also yeah. learn from that as well. Yeah, yeah. Now that will obviously um, kind of help further down the line, uh, aid in the identification and correction of errors within AI models um, by, you know, understanding how they work. And uh, will that kind of further down the line help curb stuff like um, perpetuation of bias in the algorithms and that kind of thing? I, I imagine it would. Yeah. So. Um... It's interesting as human beings and as content creators, we are actually, we are meant to have biases. As writers, editors, thought leaders, we're meant to have biases. We, we prefer party A versus party B. We prefer cold versus hot. We prefer uh, spicy versus bland food, for example. We have mm. preferences and, and that's actually a good thing. Good to have a, a, a feeling it's, part of human, human nature. But when it comes to AI algorithms, biases are not a good thing. It's meant to be neutral. It's a, it, it has to be neutral so that it allows it to give the right answer for the, for the people who are entering stuff and not be able to direct them forcefully in a particular area or for a direction. That's what the biases do to, to people. Mm -hmm. Now, According to a few, again, a few interviews I've been listening to uh, from, from the OpenAI founder, Sam Altman, and other experts as well, in the coming years, the next phases of launch will see biases, and their story about it, that there will be biases there, but they will then have to remove it when they get a chance to kind of minimize the biases. and using something called weights, you can do weights and biases are two different elements. You can actually add mm. weights to, to reduce the biases or increase the biases, for example. So mm. it will help to identify what the weights and biases are for each uh, AI tool. But again, to reach that stage, it will take a lot more effort. It takes much more effort to actually build programs that can transparently tell why they're doing particular tasks in the way they're doing. So it'll take more energy, more computation power, and more effort to document that and then to present that to the, to the customer or the end user. So, mm -hmm. so that will that for me is a challenge and an opportunity. As I mentioned, expand, explainable AI, XAI is going to be a, is a currently a big field of AI. A lot of people are talking about it and researching in the space and there's a lot of money being put into it, there will come a time when this will become a, a requirement for every AI tool because people want to know why does it give this kind of answer. It's a bit like media. Today we have some media which, which supports one side over the other. And they are biased towards different sources, for example. And as human beings, we prefer that that is mentioned and clarify up in the open so that we can then decide where do we belong, for instance. Mm -hmm. Essentially, it's kind of increasing the transparency in these machine learning models uh, to to build more trust among the users and the stakeholders. Uh, so it's you know not just taking the um, the answer of an AI as 
you know, the word of God. It's, it's you know, understanding how it got to that outcome um, and being able to, um, to see the thought process. Um, and obviously that would allow you to pick up, you know, where, where it might be going wrong as well. That's correct. And if we look at the, the recent changes which are happening in AI tools, now they give you an answer, but they also caveat it with a lot of information about it. So if you ask for like, hey, summarize this, this article for me, the summary is here. Before the summary, you have a different section talking about why it did what it did, and then it kind of gives you a summary at the bottom as well. That's all part of this is XAI mission. They want to be more transparent about how it did it, but it's still not anywhere near where it should be because really that's the answer it gave you. You didn't talk about the path it took to get to come to the answer. So that part is still missing. And that's going to be a ton more documentation which you can see if you want to check it out. Again, this mm -hmm. happens regularly when you're looking at other tools, for example. So when you, when you look at, say, an Uber application, and you get a, a bill at the end of your journey or your ride or your trip, it tells you how it calculated the entire calculation at the end and gives you the breakdown of it. That same style will be required for AI as well. And that's part of the, the XAI sort of mission, which you're you, looking at the, the white box mission we have in the yeah. coming years. Yeah. So to kind of round off this conversation, um, where are we on the path to true XAI? I mean, obviously everything is uh, on a kind of a sliding scale, um, but like you said yourself uh, at the beginning of this conversation, um, neural AI net neural networks are based on human neural networks in the brain. And there's so much that we don't know about the human brain. Now we're modeling AI on something that we, we still can't really explain. So um, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I, I, from what I've kind of read and researched, um, there's still tons that we don't know about how the, the brain works and how the neural networks in, inside of a human brain work. So um, how, how far down the line are we? Are we going to get to true explainable AI or are we always going to be kind of one step behind because we don't really know how these things work? Well. It's, it's a hard one to say. As I mentioned before as well, it's really hard to predict the level of advancements we can achieve with AI because no one really knows the answer. Mm. Also, there's an element of what we call gut instinct. You know, when I, when I ask you, hey, do you like this or this? And you just go, this one. And you're like, why? My gut tells me that this is a better product, for example. Right? Mm. That gut feeling it's hard to explain, it's just feeling we have. And there will be element of that as well. But in theory, it is possible to achieve to a, a, good, a good extent the, the transparency in what path AI has taken to achieve that goal. But in some cases, it might not be possible or the, the time and the power consumption it takes to achieve that is not worth the time. For certain mm. use cases, it doesn't matter if it if you followed path A or path B, you just want the answer. So I, I, I feel the answer is going to depend upon what is the context and how critical is the the reliability on the answer. In some cases where we need to decide this for 
say, democracy, for example, election results, you know, and that's a big challenge we can look at. Or mm. financial, you know, one mistake could, could cost us trillions. We'll want to know every step. Mm -hmm. In other cases where, you know, flip a coin and it's head or tails, you, you know, today should I have a cheat meal or not? I don't think we're, we're gonna care too much about that. We'll just like let, let it be. Either way, I'm just gonna have what I'm gonna have. So yeah. it comes down to the context, and I feel that this is in early stages of white box in AI, but there's a lot more to come, and there's gonna be some excellent technologies which will help us decipher the the path it takes inside a neural network or AI in the coming years. Mm -hmm. Um. So. Standing where we are right now, which is uh, the end of January 2024, um, we're, we're not quite at that complete white box explainable AI yet. But, you know, things are getting better. The, the models that we have now are definitely better than what initially came out when AI started being, you know, consumed by the, by the masses. Um, how do you today uh, make sure that um, what your interaction with the AI and what the AI is providing for you can be explainable. Um, you know, uh, are, are we at this stage uh, just accepting what the AI spits out, but then have to research on the back end to make sure it's um, uh, it's it's uh, plausible or correct? Um, are, is there a prompt you can include when you're interacting with an AI? Uh, do you query the AI to kind of prove? I mean, a lot of the a lot of these kind of additional prompts give the AI additional opportunity to hallucinate. So it's not necessarily a, um, a, a silver bullet, but how, how can you make sure that at this stage, what you're getting out of the AI is explainable? Yeah, great question there, Megan, thank you. The first thing I'd say is that one thing we can do as users is to have better prompts. One of the prompts that you can enter is, when you, when you enter a prompt, for example, calculate the sum of these two numbers and then give me the right answer. You can say, break the answer down step by step. So by breaking it down step by step, you can actually see the workings of how did it compute the answer for you. That's one thing which can be applied to calculations, decisions, planning, training, you, you name it. That could be that could be included. Just break it down step by step as a a sub prompt will really help. Number two is use tools, and this has been a big push right now in OpenAI as well, but it's only been there in other tools, uh, is to have source of information. You can actually query to provide source of the information where possible. In most cases, you will do a real-time search to find the source of information. So say, for example, write me an essay about the 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 Roman Empire, and then for every part, provide me a source. So we'll then find links to to kind of give you the references for different quotes, for example. Mm. Number three, this is already happening as part of the evolution of AI. Most AI providers like Anthropic, like, like OpenAI, are already providing sources of it. And also secondary, tools like perplexity uh, using the, their third party searches alongside with open AI to create sources anyway. So we've seen that the shift happening 
anyway. So in the coming years, we'll see that things have become more transparent. There will be a bit more data available to see why it gave you the answer, but using better prompting, you also try to break it down. Mm. As I mentioned to you, this is still early stages because some of the details we require to really understand the answer is still not available. Even we can't tell, when you, when you have to come up with a complex answer, why did we choose A over B or one over five? So we can't expect it to happen with a machine as well. It's gonna take a lot more effort and it'll take a lot more sort of computational power and energy to achieve that. So mm-hmm. again, we can just start that process today, but there's a long way to go to really get the responses in a very transparent way so that you get every bit responded. Also, as I mentioned before, some of this will not be relevant at all. It's not required for some of the use cases. So mm-hmm. let's make sure we kind of mix and match it to kind of get our use cases. Yeah, yeah. Um, for any listeners interested, uh, Raj does have a couple of videos um, on the YouTube channel that dives into prompting and um, the, the, the step-by-step stuff um, on, on working with AI. Um, we'll include a link to, um, to that in the, in the show notes as well. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you again, Raj, for, for sharing this with us. Um, and uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes um, on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And join us again next time for more insights into the technology shaping our future. Thanks again, Raj. Thank you, Megan. Thank you.